Hello, and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Glad you are here with us today. Jarrell, how are you? I'm doing good today. Uh, had a good workout earlier. Um, yeah, it's a little gloomy, but so that's going to make me tired, especially in the afternoon, but I'm trying to hang in there. Yeah, I think rainy Mondays should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard enough that it's Monday and you're like, oh, the weekend's over. I have to do things now. Yeah. And then it's all rainy and gray and gross out. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. So t- today is definitely going to be an exercise in like getting through a gloomy Monday. Yeah. So I'm trying to stay up, you know. Not that I know which day it would be more acceptable for it to be crappy weather. Right. Especially hard on Monday. Yeah. Mondays feel harsh. Yeah. So speaking of harsh, we're (laughs) going to talk. I know that wasn't on purpose, but I figured it worked well. Right. We're going to talk today about dating, which everyone loves. Um, I feel like the love connection theme song should play. Wait, what was this? What was this? I song? don't know. I was actually just about to say, I'm not even entirely sure that the Love Connection had a theme song. It definitely had a song. Okay. But I can't recall it. I know it if I heard it. Okay. The only thing yeah. that's coming to mind right now is the Love Boat. And that is I not the have a very random theme song stuck in my head that I actually don't know what it's to. Huh. So, but I don't think it's Love Connection. It feels too like lighthearted and happy. I mean, but it was, I was like, Freud says hello. Um, but I think it was bright and happy. Was it? I, the show was not very bright and happy. There were people who got flat not. out rejected on that show. Yeah, but the whole thing, it was supposed to be fun. I know, but for what was it? Like two people who actually like found, I know there was more than that, but like found love. But like, I just, I remember watching this like a little kid and feeling so bad for when there would be the couples that one person would be like, yeah, it was a magical evening. And the other person would be like, no, it was horrible. I hate this person. Please never make me see them again. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that shouldn't happen on national television. Right. Know? That's it's yeah. It happens in real life. It's, you know, that happening on TV is another level. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But if there is a theme song to Love Connection, it's not playing, but that's what we're going to talk about is dating and the acknowledgement that, well, first of all, at least the acknowledgement that it maybe it's not as great as everyone says it's supposed to be. Because mm. I definitely think that's a that's the the societal feeling, right? Of that like dates are exciting and dating is fun and everyone loves it. Which I find weird because most people don't. Yeah. So why do you think it's such a horrible situation for so many people? At least, you know, a couple reasons. We won't be here all Right. I was like, I have multiple reasons. (laughs) Right. It's like, and do you have two hours? No, like Uh, just for, to generalize, like, like, I think let's bust the stigma, right? Like a lot of people actually feel like it's terrible but we keep getting this message that it's great so like why is it actually maybe not so great hmm. I, I don't know on a high level I think that people like the this is gonna sound weird but like we romanticize the idea of dating a lot um especially like dating for a purpose hmm. um so for like longer term 
relationship, whatever that means to each person. But like we obviously it's the, in the context of romance, but I think because of how we talk about it, we put so much pressure on the, the whole thing. And I think that's what makes us so anxious. That's why we all get in our heads about it. That's why things like mean so much about it. That's why it feels terrible when it's not so great or if there are challenges there. Uh, yeah, I just think it's like we, we just have these sort of like really built up ideas and ideals about dating and relationships that, um, yeah, we're kind of inflexible when it actually comes down to the practice of it and like living it through. I think that's probably the biggest, um, the biggest thing that makes it challenging and not so great. Yeah. You said something that I thought was a really good point of dating for a purpose versus Mm -hmm. just maybe dating. Because I think people who are dating with the purpose of finding a particular type of relationship. And I think more often than not, it's a long-term commitment, whatever that looks like for you. But Mm -hmm. I think it doesn't really matter, right? It could just be somebody who you want to like exclusively casually date or somebody that you want to have in a rotation of partners. It's just when you have a purpose. I think that is often the line between people who like dating and people who don't is that if you're just like, Mm -hmm. I enjoy meeting people. And, you know, it's nice when you're attracted to the people that you're meeting. Mm -hmm. People like that generally are like, yeah, this is fine. I don't understand what the problem is, (laughs) right? When you don't have an end goal. But when you have an end goal, I think it becomes, I've heard so many people describe it like it's job interviewing. Yeah. Where you don't like the process itself, you know, sometimes it's better mm-hmm. than others, but generally speaking, the process is not fun, but it's the only way to get you to the end game that you want. Yeah. For sure. And that's really hard, right? When you're, and I would say, well, I'm interrupting myself to say that, that I think the one distinction between the two is that while you don't entirely have full control over a job interviewing process, right? I think that can be super challenging too, just because it's like, well, you don't know who you could have a great interview, but you don't know who's up for the job mm-hmm. with you. You don't know what the interviewer thought. You, there's just so many factors that you're not privy to, but you have a lot of control over that, right? Like you can prepare yourself well for the interview. You can write a great resume and cover letter, all of that. And you can say, well, at least I did everything I could here, right? Mm-hmm. With dating, I think it's a very similar process, except for the fact that there's this whole other person involved right. where you have no control over anything they're going through. Mm-hmm. And they need to be like an equal participant in order to move the relationship along. And that can be such a crapshoot. I think that's one yeah. of the more frustrating parts of dating is when people are like, I have absolutely no idea what happened here or where this went or how we got here and there's another person that holds like 50% of the information and you can only really know unless they tell you mm-hmm. and I think that's why it's like job interviewing but harder mm-hmm. yeah because you're basically what you're trying to do in especially for something that's not just casual mm-hmm. is that you're trying to merge two different worlds or maybe mm-hmm. even like two different universes right right two or more universes and so then things get infinitely complicated and there are so many factors that you have to consider but a lot of times do not know um and that is I think that's a big part of it too is that like it stresses us out to not know 
And, um, and so then I think what happens for us like emotionally and mentally is we start to fill in blanks of things we don't know. And I think the thing that people don't often realize is that when we fill in those blanks, a lot of times we're often relying on our own scripts and stories first and foremost to fill in those blanks. So those ideas are often informed by our own past relationships, our own thoughts about partnership and uh, being a part of a couple. Um, And sometimes that can get wonky (laughs) because we've been hurt and like things have been difficult and like, or, or someone has been great in our past and we're comparing people to them. Right. So it it just gets really complicated very quickly. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're right about the idea of you're filling in your own narratives and we convince ourselves they're true when in reality, it could be the absolute opposite. Yeah. And you just don't Right. Just something you completely just could not even fathom being true. And then that's the explanation for whatever it is that happened. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is really the first thing to work towards is be okay with the unknown. And when I mean, okay, I don't mean you need to like it. I mean, to know how to manage and sit with that. You don't have to be happy when someone ghosts you apropos of nothing and you will never know why nobody's going to be happy in that, but being okay with it, meaning accepting that it's a part of the process and chances are it has very little to do with you Mm -hmm. and knowing how to manage and comfort yourself through things like that. Right. Because I think it's also a helpful tool just generally in relationships, whether you're actively dating or committed to someone. Because there's this myth that once you've committed, all of that stuff goes away. And actually, that's a lie. This is going to be a really uplifting statement and people are going to be really excited (laughs) to hear it. But you could be married to someone for 20 years and they get up and leave. Like anyone can do that at any time. There's no guarantee. Granted, it's harder (laughs) if you've legally bound yourself to somebody and or you're sharing a home with them and or you have more of your life wrapped up with them. Like, yeah, it's harder to do that. But people do that. There's never a full safeguard against that. And so when you enter into any type of relationship, you always have to be in that space where you're putting a large portion of your emotions, of your life, of your whatever in someone else's hands, and you don't have full control over what they do with it. And so this is actually good practice that when the stakes are a little bit lower in terms of the impact on your life to practice sitting in that discomfort of I'm taking a chance here. I'm being vulnerable. I don't know what could happen. Anything could happen and it wouldn't be up to me, but here's how I would cope in situations like this. Mm, Yeah. So having the ability to cope with all the uncertainty and all that good stuff. Yeah. And I would think also the first step to that is just to acknowledge that that's part of the process. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we like to try to tell ourselves it's not because it's easier that way. And it's scary to feel like, oh, this could blow up at any minute, yeah. but it could. And that's the reality, right? Like it doesn't make it less true if you don't prepare mm-hmm. yourself for that and know how to manage it if and when it ever comes up. Hopefully it doesn't. But it's like having insurance, right? Hopefully you never have to use your flood insurance, for example, but you have it if you're particularly in a flood prone area because you never know and you don't want to be without it if the worst case scenario happens. So Hmm. it's kind of like that, but for your brain. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting way to think about it. And I don't know if I've 
actually thought about it in those terms before. Um, as you were talking, one of the things that came up for me, um, in a, and this is a conversation I often have with clients, um, is, and this is something I like philosophically believe to be true, is that we, that also makes dating difficult, is that uh, we learn the most about ourselves in relation to other people, I find. Um, and so like dating, is just like this really complex dynamic process of also like obviously getting to know someone else, um, seeing if you match or whatever, but it's also an exercise in staring at yourself in the face um, and having to like, to really unpack and understand your own stuff. Um, the things that like that you really like, the things that you don't like, the things that make you feel insecure, uh, past deep wounds uh, come up so often in like these closer relationships and in dating relationships. And I think sometimes it's like, a lot of times I, I think what happens is people don't recognize that, yes, they are getting to know someone else, but they're also getting to know themselves again through dating. And they kind of ignore that. And I think that's a lot of times why you know, you have these situations where people come out of a dating situation and say, oh, this person was just crazy or this person was blah, 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 like this and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, maybe, but also like, what did you learn about you? Like, why do you feel that that was so troubling? What about like, what about that was so offensive for you? Cause that's also very revealing for you. Um, so I think sometimes we overlook that and I think it's to protect our own egos, to be honest. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's hard work, right? It's yeah. easy. It's easy to just be like, oh, this person was ridiculous. I'm like, right. Okay, maybe they were. It but... was ridiculous. Right. right? Like, sure. you just leave it at that. Cause both, right. both things can be true. Right. And that maybe somebody was really absurd. Mm-hmm. And, but <laughs> there is also something to learn about yourself, even when someone is really absurd. And I think yeah. both is a good point. And I say this to clients often with the um, conversation about like breakups and things like that is once you're more emotionally stable and less raw over mm-hmm. it to look at the relationship and say, okay, what worked and what didn't, right? Like a post-mortem, what do I want to make sure I find in my next relationship? Because it really worked well. And what do I want to make sure I avoid? Because I had this experience with my last partner and it was not good. Mm -hmm. And so I need to now make sure I don't repeat that while taking the good parts with me. And you are, that's what you're learning about when you are dating. And I think that's why dating is kind of this like mandatory thing you have to do if you want to find a specific type of relationship or any relationship for that Mm -hmm. matter is because you kind of don't know what you want or don't want until you You do practice it. Yeah. Right. Like you can know in theory. And I think that brings up another point of like, that is something you should bring into the dating world. Like, what are you looking for? right? Like, is that a specific type of relationship? Is that a specific type of partner? Is that a dynamic? Is that just a, Hey, I'm currently located in this place, but like, I know I want to move back to my hometown. So just FYI, right. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a committed relationship, but it's not going to be here. Like, what are your thoughts on that future dating partner? Knowing what you want or don't want and what are non-negotiables for you and what are things you might be able to bend on is really important because it helps you prevent future heartache later 
when you're in a situation where you're not getting what you want, but you're emotionally attached to the person and therefore it's harder to get out. Such a common yeah. mistake. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just like took a beat because I don't, I don't know if you realize or if the people listening realize how much you just said. Like, I think there's just so much in what you just offered there. So like, if you're listening, maybe, maybe this is a good episode to like rewind a lot. You're like, hold up. <laughs> Wait a rewind? Oh yeah. You can push the button the 15 second back. I was like, do people rewind things anymore? Anyway. Relive- <laughs> you can. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, this might be one of those episodes where it, it's like maybe a bit harder to digest. Uh, it may take a little bit more time to process what we're saying. Um, Cause I feel like we're saying so much very quickly. Um, so I just want to put that out there. But um, one other thing that came to me, um, and this is probably one of my favorite things um, I've ever heard said or written about dating. And It's from uh, Dr. Chris Donahue, who is a sexologist, a sex therapist, um, just like all around great person, has written some great books that are super, super helpful. Um, But one of the things he said, or maybe it was written somewhere, was um, most people date to be liked and we should date to be known. And I just thought that was so profound because I think it points to one of the biggest challenges of dating is that because we live in the culture or society we live in, because we want closeness and intimacy, um, there is this internalized pressure to perform in a certain way, right? And so we either amplify certain parts of ourselves or minimize other parts of ourselves in order to be liked. Um, because that, that obviously fulfills a very deep part of us. We all want to be liked and respected and loved and cared for. And dating is really hard because you're always navigating this impulse to be liked, but what you really want is to be known like deeply. You really want someone who can understand you, um, and have respect for you and have compassion for you, not someone who just likes you and, but sometimes we get caught up in that impulse to be liked and we stretch ourselves and we kind of, or we contort ourselves in all these ways. Um, like, Oh, like, I think this is where like a lot of the rules come into play too. Right. We're like, Oh, this is a socially acceptable thing to do. It's just a wait this amount of time to respond to a text. I don't want to seem too eager or too desperate. So I need to chill or to, um, Oh, this is the appropriate time to ask for a follow-up date or this is the appropriate time to kiss or have sex or, or whatever it is. And it's like, cause we're trying to make the other person like us. And I don't know, it just, I think we really um, set ourselves up for failure when we're so hyper-focused on being liked that we lose focus on making sure that this other person knows us as much as they can in the amount of time that you know, we're connecting. I think that's really important. I think it's something that we often get wrong. Yeah, it's the short term versus the long term, right? And if you're only looking for the short term, then maybe that is a good approach, right? But if you're looking for a long-term relationship, whatever the nature of that relationship, all you're doing is setting yourself up for an issue later on. Yeah. It it just, it's, do you want to hurt now or do you want to hurt later? 
Mm -hmm. Um, because that's, what's going to happen is that at certain points, and this is why I say, you know, know your non-negotiables because at some point, if it's a non-negotiable, it's catching up to you. It's just a matter of when either you're going to be miserable in the relationship or the relationship is going to end, or you can nip it in the bud and shift the perspective to say like, I'm just going to be me. And what you were saying with the rules, like this is, I got a rant. I just have to do it. Um, I hate to tell everyone, well, maybe I don't hate, I like to tell everyone. It's like, don't (laughs) don't hate this at all. That if a person you were seeing stops talking to you or breaks it off because for whatever reason they say, it wasn't because you texted too soon. It wasn't because you kissed too soon. It was not because you said a weird thing at dinner. Um, other than extreme examples, right? Like if you texted them 25 times at two o'clock in the morning, then sure, maybe. Right. But assuming you're within the boundaries of like normal social behavior that you would have with any of your friends or colleagues or acquaintances, family members, whatever, Mm -hmm. that's not why it's not because you texted on Thursday rather than Friday. Like that's not the reason Mm -hmm. it's something else. And whether that something else is something's going on with that person or they're too scared to say that they're just not feeling it, whatever it is. But like a small thing like that is not actually the reason why. It, because it wouldn't be the reason why for you, right? If you genuinely wanted to continue dating somebody, would you be like, oh, you know, I really like this person and I think we hit it off and I feel really ready to open myself up in this way. But they texted three hours too early. So now I'm good now. Like no one's saying that, right? That's not reasonable. And so when you flip it, it's not reasonable the other way around either. And so it just not to say that it's not something that happens in terms of people have like weird things that really Mm -hmm. bother them and they don't communicate well. And that might be true for that person, but it's not a blanket rule. And so I think that remembering that just really takes some of the pressure off to be like, just be you. And some people will like you and some people won't. But like Jarrell said, you're not trying to win a popularity contest. You're trying to find a person who you connect with. And there is no right answer or formula to how to do that. And I know that can feel very scary and frustrating, but it's also freeing because you're not doing the right or wrong thing if you're just being you. There are people who sleep together on the first date that stay together till they're 90. And there are people who wait until marriage who get divorced six months later. Mm -hmm. There are people who, you know, play by all the texting rules and whatever, and, you know, get married in the quote unquote appropriate time that stay together. And those who do it much faster or slower and stay together. Like there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not that simple. So take that pressure off yourself. Just go in with who you are and what you want. And it will suck when some people might reject that, but you're going to save yourself a lot of heartache in the long run if you're not investing in people who actually really aren't right for you, at least even on those fundamental levels. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try very hard not to yell right now. Oh, please don't yell. (laughs) But... Cause like, oh, actually it depends. Who are you yelling at? If you're yelling at I'm someone not, who deserves it, then you know. No, I'm not yelling at you. Um, or, or people who deserve it. Like it's stop buying the books with the rules. Oh God. Yeah. With the, this is how you get a man. This is how you get a woman. This is how you date. This is how, like, this is the method. This is the coaching program. This is the stop. 
So I'm going, I'm doing the paradoxical thing. Like I want to yell, so I'm going to whisper, please stop, please stop. Because just like there are these other systems um, that profit off of your anxiety, your insecurity, like this is a big arena for that in dating. Um, This is just like the diet culture situation. It's that like their, their game is to keep you insecure. Their game is to keep you anxious. The game is to keep you in that state so that you will continue to buy the books, that you will continue to buy the coaching programs, that you continue to buy the right clothing, that you continue to get the plastic surgery, that you'll continue to get the extensions, you continue to get the liposuction. All of this is based on this idea that you are wrong and you're not good enough. And it is a lie. It is the biggest lie because you're not, again, you're not trying to find someone who's just going to like you. You're trying to find someone who's going to know you and someone who fits with you. And no rule is going to get you that because it has to fit for you. You have to fit together. And so having these arbitrary, quote unquote, objective rules is a fallacy and a farce. So leave it alone. Find what is important to you. Maybe it might be helpful to talk through that and sort through that with a therapist, obviously. So you can get to some of like, okay, what are my core things? I'm having a hard time really feeling like I'm getting what I want and what I need. That's a good space to figure it out individually for you because no two people are the same. So it doesn't make, if you have that idea in your mind that no two people are the same, it doesn't make a lot of sense to then buy a book that's marketed for thousands, maybe millions of people that says, oh, this is how you date correctly. (laughs) Like that don't make sense. So like, it's really about like honing in on your individual self, your wants, your desires, your needs, and making sure someone fits for you. No rule is going to give you that. Right. Unfortunately, because it'd be easier if it did. Yeah, we all want it. But right. it's just not the way it works. It's just not, that's not the reality of the situation. And yeah, and part of making sure that you're in that space where you're getting the right fit for you is just being open with how you're feeling mm-hmm. and what you need. And therapy can really help with this. This yeah. is a biased perspective, but I also think it's true. Yeah. We really, when we grow up, are not taught how, in most situations, how to express ourselves and how to be vulnerable and that it's okay and how to ask for what we need before we're losing our minds and exploding over like socks on the ground or something else that's really simple. Communicate what you need, right? If you want to know how someone feels about you, ask them. We don't need to play the games. That's actually not necessary. It also doesn't work. People are not mind readers. Everyone has different perspectives. When you're dropping all these hints, when you think, my God, how could this person possibly miss this? Well, because they don't think it means what you think it means and all of that. And this is a lot of what I work on with people in couples therapy. But to put it simply, just communicate and say what you need when you need it and ask questions if you aren't sure where someone else is at. And that's the simplest way. It's not easy, but it's the simplest way to make sure you're on the same page, whatever stage of the relationship you're at. And honestly, with anyone in your life, not just people you're dating, just say what you mean and mean what you say. Yeah. Can I, I want to add to that, but maybe also kind of walk it back a little bit because 
Yes, I agree with all that. I would also add, though, that I think this starts with just being honest in how you react to things, Mm -hmm. right? Because yes, it is like talking through like certain things that you want and you need, but a, a part of that, especially early on, is just reacting honestly and authentically to things that happen. That's fair. Right. And because I think that's one, and I, I think it's like, that's such good data on like a first date or like early dating situation is to like observe how people react to certain things and, you know, and obviously be authentic yourself in your reactions. I think it's really hard to do because again, liked versus known, but it is like, that is the first step in that, like being honest about your wants and needs. It's like, Oh, if something, if someone says something like really horrible on a date and you're like, oh, but this person is like really attractive. And I think they could be a good fit for me, but they've just said something that like is so counter to your values, right? You need to react honestly to that, Mm -hmm. right? Whether that's like expressing that to them, I think is ideal, but also allowing yourself the authentic reaction internally and clocking that and saying like, oh, nope, thumbs down on that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just being able to have that moment of reflection to say like, nope, I did not like that at all. Actually, that was terrible. Right. Um, because I think that's how, I think that's how, especially early on, we kind of like, um, I don't know, we, we get in this process of like not being honest and deluding ourselves into thinking certain things are true. And it's like, because we want it to be true versus what it actually is. Right. Right. Like, oh no, oh, this person's nice and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, they do this for work or whatever, but then you stop and think about it and they were like super rude to the server. Right. Or they, um, I don't know, there was some other sign that like, they weren't that thoughtful and you're like, oh, but that's a small thing. Actually it's not. Right. Right. That's a meaningful thing. If it is to you. Right. Because of what it, their behavior is showing you, what their values are and what they think about X, Y, and Z. So like allow yourself to have an honest reaction to that because that's really good data. Yeah. Taking time to just to reflect as you go through the process mm-hmm. and how you're feeling is really important also, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. after a first date, like just take some time to reflect in whatever way you do that best. Mm-hmm. Um, sleep on it, right? Like don't necessarily go by your reaction right after you leave the person. Maybe take a day and just say, okay, like it's been 24 hours. How am I feeling about this prospect now? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to listen to yourself and re- like Jarrell said, react authentically. And I think with that too, knowing that it's just a really hard trying emotionally draining process like take breaks when you need to also Mm -hmm. if you need to delete the apps for a little while delete the apps for a little while if you need to take a day or two before you text somebody after you hang out with them like that's okay just listening to what your inner voice is telling you and yeah I really like that going back to the idea of like it's the goal is not just to be liked right that's not what you're for most people that's not what you're trying to do And so if you shift away from that, I don't want to say it becomes easier, but I think it becomes clearer when situations aren't good for you. Yep. Absolutely. Clearer and sooner. Right. It's Mm -hmm. definitely a challenging thing. And I think too, this is going to end on what will feel like a little bit of a dark note, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think it's also something that 
while I don't want to make this sound like it's, oh, well, you haven't found the person for you yet. We'll give up. It's not happening. Dating is terrible. I think it's also important to think about, well, what if you don't find this person? Mm. What does that mean for you? Right. Because there's no guarantee. Right. And I think that's, you know, speaking of kind of like the hard truths that people don't want to sit mm-hmm. with, like there are no rules. This is hard to think about. I, I agree. But it's also true. There's no guarantee that you're going to find the person, right? Obviously, there are ways to increase these odds. The more people you meet, right? The more places you kind of put yourself out there, the more emotionally ready you are for that type of commitment. All of these things help, but it's kind of a crapshoot to some extent, right? You just, you don't know. There are plenty of people who are like, yeah, I really thought I would have found the person by now and I haven't. And I don't know, I don't think it's for lack of trying, but like, what are you going to do? What if you didn't, right? And again, it doesn't mean give up, but it means like, what would your life be if it's different from what it is now, if you weren't in that type of relationship, or maybe you were only in that type of relationship for a short period of time, shorter than you would like, right? What would you do differently, right? What's the backup plan? And I think that's important for a couple of reasons is that one, you can ensure that you aren't going to miss out on anything that's really important to you. If you don't find the relationship, right? Like if you know, you want to be a parent, right? Like, would you be a parent by yourself or outside of that traditional relationship? Is that something you want to think about? Is it something that you would do differently if you knew you weren't going to get married, for example, right? Would you move somewhere else? Would your career change? Would you do X things that you're waiting in case you find this partner, right? I just, it's not necessarily anything that means you have to change what you're doing, but I think it's a good thought exercise because there is no guarantee and you still deserve to live a life that is meaningful to you, even if this type of relationship doesn't surface in the way that you would like it to. Yeah. And I I think that uh, I'm really glad you said that because it also made me think of of something else. So um, I also want to give an honorable mention to all the people who also don't care. Yeah. Um, so the people who, who are not interested, whether you, uh, you know, so honorable mention to, you know, the asexuals, the aromantics, the gray sexuals, the gray romantics, not everyone wants to have this sort of like meaningful romantic relationship or partnership. And that is completely valid. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and so I think we also have to give space to people who have different ideas about what they want their life to look like, because there's no one right path for anyone. Um, so, you know, if you, if you want to invest in this kind of partnership, you know, obviously we said some things we think would be helpful. If you don't want to invest in this kind of partnership, then like, that's okay too. like live your life, enjoy your life. You're entitled to that too. So I just want to make sure to put that out there. Yeah. That's a much brighter way to end than I was going to end. So either way, but again, this idea that like life does not have to be over if you are not currently in the type of romantic relationship that you want to be in, if you're never in it or you're just never in it and you don't care, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stigma around this idea of like your life is not complete unless you have a specific type of romantic relationship. That's not actually true. There are plenty of people who are perfectly happy 
without that, whether they ever wanted it or not. It doesn't have to be the be all and end all of your life, right? There are also plenty of ways, as I kind of alluded to, to have other things you want, even if you're not in that type of partnership. And I think that's the point of me saying, think about what if what would happen if you didn't have right. this relationship, because you shouldn't have to miss out just because you don't, whether that's by choice or not. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for joining us. We're also open to hearing any dating horror stories you want to share. That is always a good time. Or if you just want to commiserate, because like, man, there was something I actually read recently about that. Mm. That was just like some things that people do to each other. So I guess maybe that's how I want to end. Like, please be nice, be kind to each other. (laughs) Right. Right. Like there was someone who I read, it was like a Twitter thread or something where a guy texted like three different people, three different women to meet him at the same place at the same time. I read that. Yeah. So like he could choose the one he liked best Uh like in real time, but didn't remember their names either. That's so disgusting. It was so bad. So yeah, that's how we're ending. Be kind to each other because like, please don't be someone else's dating horror story, right? Like you can't control how you feel, but you can control being respectful and not Mm. horrible to other humans. So please do that. And that's how we'll end. You can re- connect with us on social media at Viva Wellness NYC. Please leave some love, however you leave love for podcasts, rating, reviewing, subscribing, sharing with a friend, new episodes every other Wednesday, and we hope you have a good rest of your day. Bye.